Welcome to another episode of The Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, join me and my co-host, Alex Ross, as we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, we discuss a quick-access breast cancer clinic, a small and improved pacemaker, and bicycling as medicine. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 79 for the week of April 5th. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Alex Ross. Before we get started, our diagnosis code of the week is T78.08XA, anaphylactic reaction due to eggs, initial encounter. Yeah, you know, this, it wasn't recent, but this has actually happened to me. Okay, go on. You may not know this, but I do have an allergy to eggs. Um, And a few years back, I was in college, and Mm -hmm. I went down to the 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 cafeteria to get some breakfast and as i was walking through the lines looking for whatever i wanted to eat i came upon one hot hold that said scrambled eggs but it didn't have one of the allergy markers on it like it didn't Mm -hmm. say that it contained eggs so i assumed that they were just fake and i i went ahead and and ate them oh yeah they Uh, they were real surprisingly Uh Real eggs, real eggs, real reaction. Um, yeah, so since then, if you go into that particular cafeteria, the scrambled eggs have a nice little sticker that says caution contains eggs. Uh, yeah, you know, you know just, I thought just you were going to talk about the Easter bunny here, but that's this works too, Alex. You know, I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't have that issue anymore because since this occurrence uh i now post signs every easter outside of my house no eggs oh, um, I, thought, I thought maybe you might be microdosing eggs to build up your tolerance towards your allergy a little bit yeah mm. yeah unfortunately though whenever i put up the sign for the easter bunny that says no eggs um some neighborhood kids apparently can't read or something so they they go oh that guy wants eggs and they throw a bunch of eggs at my house it's weird oh. i i don't know why it keeps happening nice you know, <laughs> anyway, Easter, though, <laughs> let's get into the news. First up, quick testing to ease stress. A new clinic offered by Banner Health is helping ease anxiety for women who believe they may have breast cancer. The undiagnosed breast cancer clinic offers patients quick access to a team of experts that can perform necessary tests to help diagnose concerns. Results are often provided on the same day, which relieves a tremendous amount of stress. If something abnormal appears in a mammogram or an ultrasound, the team may recommend a biopsy, which can be taken in as as little as 15 minutes. Depending on what time the patient receives a biopsy, they could also have these results in the same day. Patients diagnosed with breast cancer are then quickly referred to treatment. We need this service for literally everything. (laughs) Same day appointment, same day testing, same day results. Mm -hmm. This sounds wonderful. This is the utopian future that we've all been waiting for. Yeah, the only problem is, you know, is once that, you know, you can only do it in small batches, Alex, because there's only so many medical professionals, unfortunately. So, the you know, the reality of that happening is very, very small. <laughs> well, the the way forward then is going to have to be building some some better technology, some new AI some mm-hmm. better testing, you know, those things that we can work more efficient. You know, I wonder if, you know how, you know, uh, programmers, 
they have boot camps and stuff now. I wonder right. if you know we're of a way to you know because there's never enough programmers anymore either. Programmers and healthcare professionals, there's not enough. But you know, as a solution to that, they've made the education of for programming much more accessible lately. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's a way that they can make the education for physicians and medical professionals more accessible as well. They've definitely been going that direction in in recent years. I mean, I can't count how many times I see commercials for uh, coding members, nurses, uh, all kinds of medical professionals from every small college on the corner Mm -hmm. everywhere. So I I think that the education is accessible. Um, A lot of it's going to have to come down to better recruiting or better uh, advertising or preparing in such a way that primes people to want to go into the, the healthcare space. I also think it might be, you know, I also think there'd probably be a lot of uh, borders or mm-hmm. speed bumps to mm-hmm. go get over because whichever board, you know, of medical professionals decides the curriculum for medical professionals is probably going to be very stubborn on, on what they what they allow and what they don't allow. Right. And even like hospital to hospital, they're going to have different requirements on on training. Yeah, that was a little bit of a tangent, but it still kind of relates. <laughs> you know, we want quick testing, quick education. Papa John's hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> Next up, keeping up with new pacemaker technology. Baptist Health Paducah in Kentucky is the first hospital in its region to offer a pacemaker that's around the size of a large multivitamin. Dr. J. Kenneth Ford successfully implanted the first Medtronic Micro Pacemaker in a patient this February. He's the only physician in the region able to offer this miniature device. The second-generation wireless pacemaker, approved in January 2020, is for patients with chronic atrial fibrillation or AV block. It's one-tenth the size of a traditional pacemaker, but extends advanced pacing technology to more patients. It eliminates the need for leads or wires which can break or malfunction, and avoids pacemaker pocket infections. Trials have shown a lower complication rate with this device compared to the standard pacemaker procedure. It sounds like, I mean, this physician, could you imagine being a physician who you're the only physician who's ever done something like this before. And right. you're the only physician who can do something like this. I mean, there's the one side where it's like, this is super risky when you're first doing it. It's like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, like this is, but it's also, you're not gonna make any progress if you don't try kind of right. thing. So it's necessary, but I couldn't imagine being like, you know, I feel like I'd be very arrogant. <laughs> there are definitely I would be like, no, yeah, I'm know. the only physician in the world who can do this so you know right but uh, there's there's countless technologies and every not every but there are many many physicians who have that kind of specialty around the country Um, right i there's like a up at the cleveland clinic near us there's a physician there who does stents for windpipes that is like he's one of only a couple who can do that type of stent and and that's super Mm -hmm. cool but can you imagine if you were Dr. J. Kenneth Ford and you really hated doing this? Like you did it because <laughs> you just got forced somebody asked you to, and now you're the only one who can do it. 
And so everybody's coming to you and you're like, no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> this isn't my passion. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure that's not the case. I'm sure he's, you know, quite proud of of what what they're able to do. And this is a really cool technology, mm-hmm. both wireless yeah. and tiny. I mean, that's the direction technology is going. All of pacemakers it. are so helpful, but they're also like super scary. <laughs> like just because I, it's like it's like this thing is what's keeping me alive. So it's like right. whoa. Right. I mean, it's the same kind of idea with your heart, I guess. Like your heart is what keeps you alive, but it's a little bit different because it's like a machine. So you're like, oh my gosh. I don't know. There's a part of me that feels like I would trust a machine more than my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> trust your heart, Alex. Okay, I will. Next up, Portland prescribes a bike program. A new partnership between health clinics and the Portland Bureau of Transportation will result in 50 people being given an unconventional medical prescription, 60 minutes of riding a bike, five days a week. Portland City Council endorsed the Prescribe a Bike program in February and will fund a three-year program with up to 150 participants. It will test new strategies to increase bike share adoption while using physical activity as medicine. Participating clinics were strategically chosen because they serve people who are uninsured or underinsured and may not be able to afford a bike and helmet. I'm really torn on how I feel about this story because on one hand, uh, physical activity and exercise obviously has some good benefits. Riding a bike is typically a pretty accessible way to do that because it's low impact. It's, you know, easy enough to get a bike as compared to like, I don't know, taking a boxing, right? The equipment and the training costs a lot more money than just a bike. But at the same time, it seems like the driving factor of this is to convince people to use more of the bike share program. And maybe I don't understand Portland's, but those typically have a cost associated with them. Right. Right. It's not just buy a bike and now you ride it. It's every time you ride that bike, you pay a a fee. And so if the goal is to kind of increase that, then that feels to me like it's asking doctors to make customers, which Mm. is, you know, a big criticism of the, the pharmaceutical industry that you hear constantly. It's like, oh, well, you know, all of these, these salespeople and lobbyists, are just trying to get doctors to use their product and and basically sell the product to the doctors so that right. the doctors will create more customers. And that, that's sort of what it feels like in a way. Now, maybe but, I misunderstand you know, and Portland has a bike share program that is not like that. You know, maybe it's mm-hmm. one that's it's free. That would obviously be very different, but... I'm not sure if you could get away from that mentality with the way you put it. Because... You know, I feel like a bike sharing program is less expensive than medical related or pharmaceutical related costs. Sure, I absolutely agree. So it's like a double edged sword in that way, but it's like, okay, well, you know, this side's a little bit better than the other side because, you know, it's a holistic approach, which is good. It can help boost people's, you know, and we know all the benefits that come with exercising on a, on a, daily basis so right i'm not going to get into that but it's definitely something that sounds like it's it's kind of a push in the right direction to get away from the addiction we all have to getting prescriptions right we Mm -hmm. always think 
a lot of people, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm necessarily one of them or you're necessarily one of them or our audience is one of them, but there's a lot of people that are patients and they go to the doctor and they expect a prescription to solve everything that happens, right? Mm-hmm. Or they go, they have a headache, they use Advil. They just don't drink more water. You know what I mean? They, don't, they look for that immediate um, uh, solution. Right. So maybe this is a way to try to combat so, that. I'm not but, sure. But what makes this program any different than what doctors have been doing for years, which is you need to exercise more. Yeah. Have you been right. exercising? Maybe you it's should just, exercise. It's, like, it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. With a fancy name. If anything, it's saying here's a specific plan that you can give to people as mm-hmm. opposed to the the nebulous. Have you exercised? Go do some exercising. And 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 maybe that's helpful to doctors who are treating conditions that are related to physical fitness but aren't themselves physical trainers yeah. right they, they can't design a workout plan for you they can only suggest that you go get one and so this mm-hmm. is kind of like a workout plan in a box in a way here's a starting point try this yeah try it out you know bike do something <laughs> get out there and explore the world i don't know do you think they'll bike <laughs> with us going to our next segment B-R-E-A-C-H. Breach Patrol. It's a breach! All of the latest cybersecurity breaches. Welcome to Breach Patrol, where we're talking about the latest breaches all across the world. First up... First up, quick to deny a potential breach. MobaQuick's user data has allegedly been breached and is available for access through a search engine. The digital wallet company is denying the breach, but independent security researchers have claimed that the data is for sale on the dark web. The group of hackers allegedly had access to the data for months and has now made it accessible through a search engine which suggests leaked details of millions of affected users. MobaQuick says that they didn't find evidence of a breach, but they're working with authorities and will get a third party to conduct a data security audit, considering the seriousness of the allegations. Several mm. users on social media were able to find their details from the search engine but it hasn't been verified if these details were related to this alleged breach. Moby Quick. Interesting name. <laughs> <laughs> that honestly sounds like the name of a gas station. So this is like my big thing. Yeah, it does. I was, I was just going <laughs> to say, like, it sounds like a convenience store. So this is kind of the thing with digital wallets. You know, it's the scariest. This is like the worst case scenario is, you know, everything's moving digitally, which is great because it's portable. But also you don't have you yourself as the person who is, I guess, the customer or the user of the app that manages your money and has access to all your your funds. Um, you know, you have no control over what happens as opposed to like when you have a bank, it's like a physical location. You have a physical card. You, you, you go in there, you talk to the teller, that kind of thing. Um, it's kind of the scariest scenario. Breaches, breaches with any kind of like. Payment information always scare me. <laughs> right. Especially now, especially like this. Like if it's like, oh, they got, you know, hexed codes, it's like, eh, not that big of a deal. But something like this is kind of is big time. Now, whoever the hacker group that originally breached them, um, I, I don't usually do this, but kudos on pulling <laughs> off a breach with no evidence. I mean, MobaQuick had no idea. Yeah, don't, you know, don't feed into the ego of hackers. 
Alex. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> now, however, you know, that gets us to it, it, it appears that MobaQuick may need help from a, a professional because they are currently only in the first stage of grief, which is denial. True. Uh, we haven't and yet I, made it through into to future ones. And, and, and here's the problem. Stage three is bargaining. And, and that's when the hackers get to negotiate <laughs> and we can come to an agreement on how to solve this issue. But MobaQuick didn't get there. Yeah, and right. so the data is now just available for anyone. Next up, school district learns of a breach through a student's parents. The Delcab County School District, or DCSD, was notified that some parents received a breach notice from a company called PCS Revenue Control Systems Incorporated. This company acquired advanced business technology, which the school district used to support its nutrition program. The district hasn't used advanced business technology since 2017, but the breach notice said that children's names, student IDs, and dates of births were potentially exposed in December 2019. PCS Revenue Control Systems offer credit monitoring services and explain that there is no evidence that information was accessed or used for malicious purposes. The school district hasn't experienced a breach to its systems related to this matter, and it was just informed of the incident through parents who received the letters from PCS. Multiple school districts nationwide are experiencing the same issue. DelCalb County School District is asking for more details for the responsible company. So if you followed any of that, right, if you understood any of what I just said, essentially what happened is there was a, a school district there was a school district who used a revenue control system that was required by a different organization who then realized that the organization that experienced the breach that they just acquired uh, had a breach and then sent a letter on behalf of the organization that they acquired to the parents of the school district. Couldn't be any more crystal clear. I think you just made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> Let me try to make it simple. Advanced business technology handled revenue for this school district. They had a breach. Later, PCS Revenue Control Systems bought advanced business technology and then notified parents of this breach. That's as simple as I can make it. Now, yeah, so, we like to make uh, fun of groups who do that, oh, here's some credit monitoring for a year, that kind of thing. But this might be the only situation where I'm kind of okay with that solution because they were, they found the breach. They have no evidence that it was actually breached and they're voluntarily notifying people. Yeah. Right. It doesn't say anything about, you know, free for a year. <laughs> it's not like some right. sort of like sleazy partnership between the company that was breached and the, and you know, this credit monitoring service who's like, Hey, you know, we'll offer it to, to people who are, um, affected free for a year and but it requires their credit cards so they, they forget about it and we make some money off of them and finally plans to punish hackers it's been determined that russian hackers broke into email accounts of homeland security officials in the 2020 solar winds orion hack solar winds sells software that lets an organization see what's happening on its computer networks in the attack hackers inserted malicious code into an update of the company's software platform Around 18,000 SolarWinds customers installed the update, and hackers chose a select number to infiltrate. The malware affected the U.S. Departments of Homeland Security, State Commerce and Treasury, 
and the National Institutes of Health. Hackers infiltrated email accounts of cybersecurity staff who hunted threats from foreign countries. They also accessed private schedules of top officials at the Energy Department. The U.S. is planning sanctions to punish Russia for the SolarWinds hack and is strengthening its defense to get more visibility into government networks. Yeah, so this is an example of, you know, when you when you mess with the bull, you get the horns kind of thing. <laughs> it just kind of shows that the, that's if, you know, if you have a huge. Yeah, I mean, nothing really happened yet. But if you have a huge breach that targets the U.S. government. They're going to investigate and it's going to take a lot right. of time and energy, but they're going to continue mm -hmm. to investigate. So hopefully something happens that's actually, you know, a silver lining or some sort of right uh, result or consequence for who did this because a lot of people were affected. It's just another one of those examples that shows you nobody is safe. You know, even the government organizations at, you know, literally the people whose job is to do cybersecurity for the U.S. government were British. Right. So definitely take your safety measures because if you don't, that means you're next. That's it for this week's wrap-up of your weekly healthcare news. I'm Alex Ross. I'm Matt Moneypenny. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The Bandage. This week's episode was written and produced by eTactics. eTactics is a leading revenue cycle solutions organization committed to providing innovative, web-based solutions that improve our clients' cash management and customer relationships. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.